0: about three or four times a year I get invited to speak at conferences and churches and stuff and um, I'm thankful for that. Are you thankful for that? That I get to do that and um, and when I do that um, I have women speak behind the pulpit like my daughter Danielle or my wife Melody and um, I get some kind of feedback that uh, women should not be teaching and speaking. And uh, because there's a couple of scriptures in the Bible. One of them is First Timothy chapter 2. Um, it talks, Paul says, don't permit women to speak. And so people take one scripture or two scriptures out of the Bible and um, make a doctrine on it without even looking into it. Because how, if you think about it, you think, well, in the Acts, it says that God pours out his spirit upon your sons and your daughters, which female, and um, so you think, God's doing that, and then there's, uh, actually Mary was the, Mary Magdalene was one of the first gospel preachers, she was the one who said he's risen, she was a woman, anyway, uh, but there's people that will stand on that, you have to study the culture, of what Paul was talking, the context he was talking about, culture first of all how many know that 2,000 years ago things were a lot different than what they are today and if you read the Bible with 2019 filters with 2019 western mindset, you're going to miss some things you, you do realize that a uh, 100 years ago uh, women couldn't vote in America so we've Come a long ways. So my point is that, you know, I just think in common sense, God's going to take 50% of the population and say, I can't use you. I mean, that's just... A lot of times I approach the Bible with my common sense, and some people approach it with just ooky, spooky spiritual stuff and um, without thinking things through. And um going on to that because I've let three or four times usually a year for people to speak, then um it seems like some people can get the idea that um I'm not going to be around. So I, I the Lord gave me this scripture for for anybody who's thinking that. And it may not be actually there's some people outside the church walls. First Kings chapter seventeen verse two says this. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Elijah, he's talking about Elijah, was a prophet. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. He said, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook that I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. To feed you there. God said to Elijah, there's a place called there that I'm going to take care of you and everything is going to be met there and this is where you're supposed to be is a place called there everybody listen Pueblo and Rocky Mountain Family Church is my there do you understand that do I need to interpret that for you I'm not going anywhere I'm not going anywhere nobody's going to take over my spot God's called me here. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is my there. Everybody happy? I'm happy. I just want everybody not to get uptight thinking that, well, pastor's doing a lot of speaking here and there, and people are wanting him to go places. That's a good thing. People never wanted to hear me. That, that couldn't mean something. But anyway. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for today's message? All right. If you want to follow along, you go to our website, rmfchurch.org. Click on Media, then Notes. You'll see today's um, title is Voice Activated. Voice activated. We've been talking about words. Listen, if you didn't hear the message I spoke on two weeks ago, that's really a foundation to what I'm speaking on today. But it's on the web. Uh, It's three places. You can find it on Facebook. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on our website. Uh, I think they have 12 months of messages on on the website. But you really need to listen to... It was good vibrations. And I'll just give a two-minute synopsis of it. It was about how... uh, that man has found out that protons and neutrons are not the smallest substance known to man. There was something inside of those called the quark, but there's something in even smaller than a quark. That uh, they said it was like this. If you take the galaxy, that a, inside the quark is something called a string. It's called the string theory. It's like, it looked like a rubber band but it's, I mean, so small, and it constantly is vibrating. And they said, what's causing it to vibrate? And they said it was like a voice. It's uh, a voice. It's a syllable or a sound, and it's moving by sound, and it's constantly moving. And if you take that, how big it is, they said a string, if you took the whole galaxy, uh, was the size of a... Atom, the string would be a tree on the earth. That's how small it would be. So, it gives you the picture. No. Okay, just know that's really, really small. Okay. (laughs) But the thing that I thought was interesting, I I read this book years ago. It was called um, something about the string theory, and it was it was pretty high tech stuff. uh, But he said this, that everything has sound in it and is moving. This chair, everything you see, actually, even things you can't see. Gravity has these strings that have sound in it. Everything has this sound. And so then you go to Genesis chapter 1, and how did this sound, and how did everything come into existence? God spoke, and then it was. So everything has his signature on it. And his signature is his voice, including your body and my body. Which means that our bodies are subject to our voice. So that's why words are vitally important. And it's not just something, you know, that... um, I remember when I was starting to learn about... You know, you read the book of Proverbs. Everybody should look at the Proverbs, and every time it talks about your tongue or speaking, uh, you should write it down. It says so much about our words. And so I knew from years ago how important words are, but I just thought it just means I have to always make sure I'm saying the right thing. But actually, it's getting the cart before the horse. What you need to make sure is... That you know some things in your heart, and that your heart knows what is right, and your heart knows who you are, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh. And so, if you know if your heart, if you've got things in your heart, when you speak it, it's going to come from your heart. So, you really need to listen to that message a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it gives you a good foundation about words and everything. But even today, everything just seems like it's voice activated. If you downloaded the new um, software update for the, for the iPhone, if you're an Android person, just day, daydream about something. That means you, Chad, go day, daydream. But anyway, uh, it, 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 there's this new thing. It, it's voice activated. And I went into my settings this week to play with it. And uh, you can tell your phone to do all kinds of things. It's voice-activated. You know, you can tell it... Uh, uh, I just went blank. You can tell it a lot of stuff. Uh, tell it to call, tell it to text. You can tell it to do all kinds of things. And it's just so neat that everything's starting to be voice-activated. How many have Alexa at home? Three people. I always pick great illustrations that... Everybody knows. I always pick a movie that nobody's ever seen or heard of. But anyway, uh, Alexa, I mean Joe and I were playing with it this past week, and and I said, "Watch this, Joe." And I did some math equation, and she told the answer. And Joe goes, "It can do math?" <laughs> because he's getting a math degree. I said, you, "No, no." But. Uh, it's just amazing what she can do just by me asking questions. You can ask how far it is to the moon at any given time because, you know, in a couple hours, it's going to be further than it is right now because the moon and the earth are moving, you know, and everything. I mean, it's just amazing being voice activated. And I was thinking along those lines and how that, you know, God, we're created. How many know we're created in his image? But we have his signature of his voice Those strings are inside of us. But this is the thing that I know. My voice does not have authority over your body. But your voice does have authority over your body. It's voice recognition. Have you heard about voice recognition? They use that even in security. Somebody who, high official, CEO, or whatever can go up to some security, and he could say, "Uh, my name's Mike Davis. And the computer would recognize because everybody has a certain voice signature, you know, like you have a fingerprint that's only unique to you. Your iris, your eyeball, something in there is only you. You can look into it, and it will recognize you. But your voice is the same way. Now, you know, I used to, when I was younger, I would try to intim- uh, um, impersonate. Thank you. This is group effort when I speak, just so you know. <laughs> if you're visiting, we go by group effort here. Uh, but anyway, I, I, would, I loved him. But Rich Little, you probably don't know who he is. I'm sure you don't. But he was my favorite person growing up because he could sound like anybody and everybody. And so I would, I would practice for hours to do that and impersonate people and sound like people. And I got pretty good at a couple of people, and I'm not going to embarrass my family and try to do some of them. But anyway, uh, even though they said this, that like Rich Little, he, he could sound, if you close your eyes, you couldn't tell the different, difference if it was uh, he impersonated Richard Nixon really good. And you couldn't, you couldn't tell, but a computer could pick that up and have voice recognition and know that that's not Richard Nixon. This is what I'm saying. Your body knows 100% what your voice sounds like. And so when you speak, your body recognizes only your voice. I can say something. Somebody else can say something about your body, but it will not respond. Your body responds to your voice. If, listen to me, though. Here's the big if. Here's the catch. If you believe in what the Bible says about your tongue, about your words... There's sometimes that I, I think I believe that and sometimes that I don't. And by that, I mean sometimes I really have faith that my words are powerful. And when I speak, they come to pass. Yes. And there's other times I'm just thinking, oh, Jesus, help me. Help me, help me, help me. Yeah. So you have to believe in the authority of what your words, if you have to believe that when you speak, your words are powerful. And whatever you're speaking to is going to respond to what you said. Does that make sense? So in other words, like my body. I, uh, I, I, I've given this illustration many times. But this this past conference I was at last weekend, I, I, I was reminded of a couple of things. When we were missionaries in Africa... <coughs> There was, this was almost 30 years ago, 28. And where we were at in the Congo, Zaire at the time, there was literally hardly anything there. In Kalimi, it was, it was the bush. No communication, no nothing, which meant zero when it came to entertainment. Uh, nothing to entertain you. We had, you know, we had game night on Friday nights, all the missionaries get together and play games and everything. But you know, I'm more of an active person. So that didn't scratch my itch, but dad had a dirt bike there. That scratched my itch. <laughs> and uh, matter of fact, it made a rash almost. But anyway, uh I rode that thing and I got more and more gutsy, you know what I mean, Bruce, I mean just getting wilder and wilder and wilder, doing jumps, doing Mach 1, and uh, so one day I was doing Mach 1 and I was coming across a curve, a turn. When you're doing Mach 1 and you hit sand on a curve, you don't have to know anything about physics, you're not going to turn. So the bike turned, but it kept going this way. And there's the road, and all of a sudden I'm going, and there was a big ditch, Grand Canyon-type ditch. And so I just went airborne, and the bike started going out from my legs and everything. And then there was a straight uphill embankment. I crashed into the, My body hit that, and then the motorcycle hit my, my foot doing Mach 1. And um, needless to say, it it busted it up bad. And uh, so they finally got my wife. Somebody was walking there and ran, got my wife, and they came and got me and took me to the hospital. Oh, before they went to the hospital, they had to go pick up the doctor to take to the hospital. (laughs) So they picked him up, and, and Melody's sister and Melody and me and the doctor and they went back and says well, we're going to need to get an x-ray. I go they got x-ray that's good. They took me into this room big room and uh, the x-ray machine was about four times the size of that drum cage. I mean it may have not have been the very first one that was ever built. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's in the top five I ever built. And somebody donated it to the Congo man. I mean it's like are you kidding me? This thing was so, that's the x-ray machine. It's like a building. And uh, so the, the guy turned, the doctor turned it on and it wasn't a light switch. I mean, it was just like, and it's like a 747 getting ready to take off. And and I thought, I'm pretty sure we should be wearing lead aprons right now. I want to have kids in my future and I'm this is scary. You know what I mean? And uh so uh, I just thought, man, there's probably radioisotopes and uranium, plutonium bouncing off everything, and here we stand. And uh, so I got nervous about that, and I thought I was going to be inspiration to Debbie Boone come out singing You Light Up My Life. But, <laughs> so I, uh, I got there, and they didn't put anything lead on you to take the x-ray either. I mean, you just laid up on the table. No lead, no nothing. So I'm, I look back in that, and I think, thank you, Jesus, for p- protecting me. What, did you, what happened? You broke your foot? Yeah, but I glow in the dark. But, uh, <laughs> so uh, they took this x-ray, and they had to wait for I don't know how long to show the picture, and they showed it to us. You know, today, have you ever seen an x-ray? Today, if you're getting an x-ray today, uh, it's, I mean, you don't even have to be a doctor. You can tell if it's broken or if there's something in it. I stepped on a needle, Melody. I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to say this. I stepped on a needle and went my toe, and I ended up going to the doctor, and they took an X-ray. And I did not have to be a specialist, and I go, boom, right there it is, and you could see it. and uh, But this X-ray, you know, it was almost 30 years ago. This X-ray, and I was going, turning in it like this is a foot. You know, it just looked like cloud stuff. But you could tell it was broken because it was a Grand Canyon. It went right through. It looked like a map of Grand Canyon right, running right through, and there was a gap. He goes, oh, yeah, it's broken. So I thought, oh, okay, so you're going to have to put a cast on it? He said, yeah, I don't have one. So I thought, so what was the whole purpose of this? Just to, so I just thought, I'm sure that I'm not the first person that's broken anything in this city. Pretty sure. And so I'm thinking, you just tell people, yep, yeah, it's broken. Bye. But uh, Stephanie says, I had this plaster of Paris. You all remember the old plaster of Paris where, you know, it's 50 pounds after you put it on, you know. But uh, so they, she went and got it. Again, had to bring it back down. He put it on. And about six weeks later, you know, uh, my friend had PVC pipe cutters and he cut it off. And... uh I, it's going to be on there forever. They didn't have anything to cut it off. And Don Carroll goes, I can cut it off, Mike, with what? Uh, so he cut it off. But the problem was is that uh, it, it stayed purple. It was this one. It stayed purple and stayed swelled up. So I was on crud- I mean, I could not even touch the floor with my foot. Could not even touch it. It just was excruciating pain. And so it went on for several days, and every time I would go on crutches, I would hurry up and get there and then prop my foot up so the pain would subside and the purple would go away. And so after a few days, Melody, she's an RN, she goes, Mike, you need to talk to God about your foot. And I said, why? She says, it's not right. It shouldn't be doing what it's doing. And I went, yeah, like pain? Is that what you mean? Yeah, and the whole purple thing, swelling up? No, it shouldn't be doing that. So my first thought was if I was in America, they would put, you know, like 50 pins in it by now, surgery and all that. But guess what? You're not going to get that there. So my, the devil just started talking to me and saying, you're going to be crippled for life. You're going to be on crutches for life. And you're not going to be able to get this fixed. There's nobody here that can fix this. And so, man, I was just in... Oh, I mean, that's terrible. Again, I said, I'm an active guy. And to be on crutches, your, your activity is going to go way down. And um, so I was thinking this, and I did start talking to God and believing and just crying out to him. And I was reading Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19 one day, and it says that uh, he'll make your feet like Hinds' feet and uh, to walk on your high heels. And so uh I didn't plan on wearing high heels but I did want to walk on When I told this story in a conference they all busted out laughing but anyway Anyway uh not that I'm going to go buy a pair of high heels but anyway I the Lord spoke to me and said you're going to be able to you're going to be able to walk because I have made your feet like Hinds feet. If you go and see those, I've studied those uh, um, mountain goats, the ram. Big long sheep. Big long sheep. (laughs) It's big horn sheep. Some of them are big long, but most of them are big horn sheep. But anyway, they have hard, their hoof is hard on the outside, but on the inside, it's tender, uh, not tender, but soft, where they can literally, they can grab on the ins- by the inside of the foot, and that's why they can get in little bitty spots. You know, when we first came here, moved here, we would go in the mountains, we'd see cars parked over and everybody looking up, and I'd go, what in the world, I don't know what they're looking at, but I'm curious, so I'd pull over and i go, what y'all looking at? And they would point to this big, long, big horned sheep. Once you get something wrong in this Kentucky brain, it's kind of stays there. But uh, this big horned sheep, and I saw, man, and I saw it on this little bitty ledge. I go, somebody's got to rescue it. It's going to die there. And they said, no, he got there on its own. <laughs> you kidding me. And they have the ability, and you see it walk, and you think, how does it? It's like Spider-Man ain't got nothing on them. You know what I mean? I mean, they can just go up there. And so the Lord reminded me, he says, that's the way I made your feet. So when I got that in my heart, I started speaking that to my foot. Because, I mean, I was on crutches and I couldn't even touch it. And so I would look at my foot and I would say to my foot, you have been made like a hind's feet. And you're going to walk on high heels. You're going to be walking in high places. You're going to be walking in high places. So I kept saying that. Kept saying that, kept saying that for a couple of days. And about after the third day, I woke up one morning and I laid my crutches down. And I says, I'm never going to pick those up again. And I started to walk. And you, you're probably thinking, oh, you were totally healed. No. <laughs> I touched it. And, man, oh, I screamed, cried, and I kept walking, kept walking, kept walking. And When I say walking, let me show you. It really wasn't walking. It was more like. That's how it started. And I did that every, day, every hour of that day. And I kept speaking to it and speaking to it and speaking to it and speaking to it and speaking to it. To where I was getting hoarse by speaking to it. And after about two or three days, one morning I woke up and I started running on it. And I've been walking on it ever since. I never did have to get surgery. I didn't come to America and say, you know, you ought to look at that and just see what happened. (laughs) No. There is power in your words. Joshua chapter 1. I ran out of time. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. It's a familiar scripture. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And so the Jewish people, they would memorize the first five books of the Bible and the Torah. And um, they would read it out loud because of Joshua 1.8. They would read it out loud. And the word meditate, you shall meditate day and night. It doesn't mean what we think in English, to ponder, think on, cross your legs, doesn't mean meditate like that the word is in hebrew is haga and it means to utter to utter under your breath but to speak and to utter so meditate literally means that you should be saying something are you hearing me and so when you get something like a broken foot the lord can bring the word a scripture uh something in the word of God that says that he'll cause your feet to be like Heinz feet and when you utter that and speak it it becomes a reality to you so now that you not only believe what God, listen to me, that you don't just believe about what God said about you you believe that when you speak because you're created in his image he lives inside of you Therefore, it's really not Mike Davis speaking. It is Christ in me. And when Christ speaks to something, it could be a fig tree. It's going to die. It can be the waves on the storm, and it's going to be still. It can be a fever, and it's going to go away. It can be a crippled leg, and it's going to be gone. It can be blinded eyes, and they're going to be open. It can be deafness, and it's going to come. And it's going to be a financial need, and the need's going to be met. Whatever... His voice speaks to it. It obeys his voice. Why? Because it's got a little string vibrating. It's got his voice in it, and it obeys the creator. Woo! Mm-hmm. that's good. The good news is that voice is in you. The voice of Almighty God is in you, and it's waiting on for you to speak. So it can be manifested. But if you don't believe that when you speak, you might as well say, Humpty Dumpty said on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. You ain't, nothing's going to happen. You have to believe in the power of the voice that is in you. You know, because we've been praying, God, send the power. God, send revival. God, do something. God, heal Pueblo. Pueblo, Dear Lord Jesus, do something. Pueblo, 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 help Pueblo. God, Pueblo. You know what? One day I was thinking about that. I was praying this. I prayed that kind of stuff all the time. And the Lord said, so you don't think I want to move on Pueblo? That I'm withholding? I bless Denver. I bless Colorado Springs. But Pueblo, eh. Don't particularly like Pueblo. Green chili ain't my thing. You know. I think green jelly is his thing. It's good. It's got to be his thing. But anyway, I'm pretty sure he's the one who came up with it. But anyway, my point is this. God's not doing that. God's not doing it. He's not not withholding. But my point is this. We think that God's withholding something from Pueblo or maybe from you. He's not. Oh, God, send your power. As if 2,000 years ago, that was not enough power. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus being on this planet, being done on this planet, that's not enough. You can't get much more power than that. My point is this. If you think there's always something that you're lacking and that you need to get a hold of, you're always going to be, God, please, please, please. And God's saying, I put the power inside you. Ephesians, he's doing exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power. Power that is in you. Every single person in this room, every single person's watching, has the power of God inside of them. Let me just say this for those who think, yeah, but I'm not that good of a Christian, I'm not that great of a follower. It's not based upon how good or bad you are, it's based upon what Jesus has done. That's why I love. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, All the promises are yes and, which means so be it. And it says, If you are living righteously and holy, if you're living perfectly, then the promises are yes and amen. All of the promises, let's say it, are yes. and, yes. period. There's a period yes and amen, which means that they're all based upon what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. It's not based upon what you're going to do or can do or not doing today. They're based upon what Jesus did. Therefore, he's saying to you, if you're hurting your body, it is you have the power inside of you to make it well. It's not based upon, did you sin this week? Let me just answer. Yeah, you did. Did I sin this week? Yeah, I did. But God's not withholding the promises. You know Why? He gave them all to Jesus. Everything is in Jesus. Listen to this. Every promise is in Jesus. And so therefore if you have Je- if you know Jesus, then every promise is yours because of him, not because of you. And not because of what you do or don't do. It's based upon what he did 2000 years ago. And if you believe that, now when I speak, oh. It's like the 2000 pound kitty cat saying here canary canary or the canary saying that to I got it backwards it's the 2,000 pound kitten looking for the canary and the canary going let's use another illustration all right let's stand voice activated you have a powerful voice you just got to believe that it's not your voice though. It's His voice that's on the inside of you. It's not based upon anything you can do or not do. Let me just say this, which means faith is alive and well inside of you. His voice is all the faith that you need. His voice is all the faith you need. So today, the rest of this week, the rest of your life, just meditate upon Christ is in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. And when I speak, it's Christ speaking. And everything in my body and my life is voice activated. It's voice activated, which means it will obey your voice. If you know how much power that you have in you, your body will respond to your voice like medication does to your body. Your body responds to medication. The Bible says his word is like medicine. Did you get that? His word is like medicine to your flesh. This medicine, the word of God, is like medicine to your flesh. So, how do you get medicine in your body? Well, you got to take it. Well, how do you get the word into your body? You speak it. You speak the word. You believe in your heart. Mark eleven twenty three. You believe in your heart. Say to this mountain, "Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea." It shall obey what you say it's not a fairy tale scripture it's lo- it's true it's reality amen